back on the Northland Sports page. That's such a great song. The greatest from Kenny Rogers. There's always a debate of who's the greatest twin of all time. One of them, Dave Hoops, put him in the top five. That's probably close. I think the last time we actually did that in terms of documentation, Dave Cook, I had him at six. It's Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. We are the Northland Sports page. We're here each and every Saturday, but we're nowhere without our great sponsors. Yes, starting with Aurora Architecture Studio. Again, the OG, the, the studio has brought us through, gosh, the, you know, the entire time that we've been a, a thing, Brian. And Ryan built this studio, and, and so it's kind of a weird tie together, but Aurora Architecture Studio has been the one that's kept the lights on. Hoops Brewing, we just had a chance to talk to Dave a minute ago. OAR Holdings. Justin May at Messina and Associates, Cross Heating and Cooling, your carrier, carrier, Northeastern Minnesota, your carrier, HVAC authorized dealer. Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group, including locations on London Road, Proctor, Two Harbors, Blackwater Downtown, and Tavern on the Hill, Avenue 45. Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart, Spikes, Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota, and Kohler Hyundai. And again, I've got Comfort Systems. Sign up for a service appointment online. You can do it at ComfortSystemsDuluth.com. All you got to do is mention you heard it right here on the Northland Sports page. You'll receive $20 off that service appointment. And again, we talked to Dave Hoops of Hoops Brewing moments ago. My Royal Bottle Shop does some things in conjunction with Hoops. 10% off Hoops products each and every Saturday, courtesy of the Northland Sports page. Also 10% off on Wine Wednesdays. That's not whining about Minnesota sports. No, it's not. It's not complaining. It's not any of that. It is the fruit of the, what is it, the fruit of the gods? Uh, and they have all kinds of, so I didn't know all this wine stuff, They have right? quite a selection. And and Mom's a wine drinker. She's been here for the last week. You can get Pinot Grease. You can get Pinot other stuff. Oh, my gosh. Dave Cook pronouncing wines. That's just a road yes, we don't want to travel that's down. That's exactly but correct. But it is a way to enjoy your Wednesday, and Blackwater Mad has a great dog. one, too. They got all the stuff. Blackwater on Wednesdays, moving right along, <laughs> has Healthcare Professionals Day each and every Wednesday, 20% off all your food and drink. In the lounge, on the patio, live music, courtesy of Paul Metza. Enjoy some things at Blackwater like June and January, fondue for two, and you don't need to. I've done it as one. And you can also enjoy all the smoke at Blackwater. So this weekend for the Twins is about Joe, as in Joe Maurer. A lot of our Twins talk over the years has been about Joe, as in Joe Vavra. Joe Vavra knows a thing or two about Joe Maurer, and we had Joe on the phone with us a moment ago, but we just lost him, so I'm going to try to get him back. But your greatest Maurer memory? Well, I think my greatest Maurer memory is a bad memory, right? I think there's a Joe Maurer memory, Brian, that would change the entire franchise, and that is if the umpires would have got the double call right against the Yankees, versus when they called it when you know when they called it foul, and it was fair by as tall as I am. And uh, I think if that goes fair, I think the trajectory of the franchise is different. Absolutely. The Joe legacy might have been different. So all the hits Joe Maurer had, the Joe Vavra assisted him in getting, that would have been a big one to add to the collection. We think we've got Joe Vavra right back. Moment of truth here on live radio. Joe, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. It's, uh, seems like connection is not too good here. Yeah, so far so good. We'll ride it out as long as we possibly can. We can hear you if you can hear us. We've dealt with cell phone issues before, and we'll we'll ride it out as best we can. But cell reception, that's been a bit of an adventure for you over the last week or two because you just came back from Alaska, something Dave Cook knows a lot about. A little vacation out there. Did you enjoy yourself? <laughs> yeah. What's not to enjoy when you're out there? You know, we fished the Kenai River on the shore, and then later in the week we went the ocean down by uh, Craig, Alaska. Yeah, it's some kind of trip. Absolutely. So it's going to be some kind of trip for a lot of former twins. 
today as well. A lot of them were in last night watching the broadcast last night. It was fun just to see who, you know, Dick Bramer had with them in the booth with all the former Twins coming in to honor Joe Maurer. There's a lot of great Twins Hall of Famers, obviously. This is one of the biggest no-brainers. This wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. But being someone who got to watch Joe Maurer hit and actually work on the technique with him, did you just marvel at what this kid brought time and time again? <laughs> yeah, he was so consistent, you know. I think, you know, this Hall of Fame, the Twins one, it's just a, it's just a two. Um, that's, that's what you think of Joe Maurer. You think of all the big Twins. All right, we officially lost him. That might have been our cue of, of fate at work because I thought, you know, the way that reception was going, maybe we can try another question or two, but the cell phone said, yeah. you know, that's oh, that's going to be enough for today. Yeah. So I'm not sure if Mr. Vavra is currently commuting to be part of tonight's Hall of Fame ceremonies so. or not. I would assume so, but it's it's a little disappointing, obviously, because cell phones are a coin flip at times. You never know. But it's a little disappointing because I, I really wanted to talk to him about, you know, I started to with what was it like to watch such a tactician be able to hit like that. But then the other question I had for him is, you know, you and I opened the show talking about coaches. And usually you think, well, the superstars, they don't need the coaches as much because they have so much natural ability. Or maybe you don't end up with such a rapport with coaches because they don't need to be taught so many things. In the case of Maurer, and certainly Morneau, which we've learned as he's been part of the Twins broadcast, it sounds like the superstars were the ones always tweaking something, always looking to get an even more advantageous point of view, that extra edge they couldn't get enough. See, that's the thing about Maurer. We've talked about superstars who can't coach because it was natural, right? And I think there's a lot of natural to his hand-eye coordination. But, you know, he he worked. I mean, he worked during the he worked during the season. It's not like he fell out of bed able to hit, right? Because he was, he was that athlete. But it sounds like he had to work on the nuances uh, at all of his sports. And um, I wonder if Joe would be a really good coach. For, I don't know if he'd be really good for a kid that can't hit at all. But you wonder in a, in a situation where you had a young hitter who was too strikeout prone, if sitting down with Joe and talking about strike zones and coverages and things like that wouldn't be a plus because he worked at doing those specific things. So, again, we thank Joe Vavra for trying to be part of the show today, the cell phone reception. Just wouldn't let it continue, so we appreciate the efforts. The other thing I wanted to talk to Joe about, even though we've done it before, I think it would have been more fun to emphasize again. We always talked about Joe Maurer's career would have been a little bit better if there was a little more pop in that bat. And I think part of that expectation was the fact that he was 6'5", 220. The fact that he couldn't run his way into 15 home runs on the regular was a head-scratcher for people. So we always harped on that during his career. Now you look at modern-day Twins baseball, and everybody can seem to hit 15 home runs, whether they're really making the effort to or not, but they can't hit consistently at all. Are we to the point where we've talked about what former player would you plop on a current team? Are we to a point where you would have Joe Maurer somewhere on this team? Maybe, but he kind of goes back to the problem we have with this team as it is. What position? Right. Oh, right now you could play first because Kirilov's out. Right, but when Kirilov's healthy, he might be your most productive twin. And so you can't plunk him at first. You'd love to put him behind the plate, but all of a sudden Jeffers is hidden. Um, it, it's such an interesting, it's such an interesting question, Brian. There's two pieces that I wanted to ask Joe. One, what would Maurer's career have been had they not moved to Target Field? 
um, because he really took advantage of the Metrodome. And two, Brooks Lee just got promoted to AAA, right? He's our next big guy. Um, how much time do players need to actually cook at AA or AAA, excuse me? Do, is that a necessary stop or is that, you know, you're just facing older guys, so you're getting some getting some additional velocity and locations work? Well, and to the same token, I'd love to talk to him. Now, how much has he followed this player? I don't know, but I'd love to talk to him about the emergence of Eddie Julian. What is something that hitting coaches see and say, you know what, you figured it out now versus a month ago, you couldn't do that. Yeah. And you can't catch, so you better be able to hit. Right. We've got. <laughs> it's interesting because the Twins' way used to be fundamental baseball, defense, station to station. They've really got none of that now. No. You've got hatchet jobs playing in the field who can hit for power but strike out like it's a hobby. And your best fielders are designated hitters. But as much as you want to be detrimental to this team, they are above 500. They are a first-place team. They are frustrating to watch, but they are also entertaining to watch. When it's going good, it's going good. And when it's going bad, you wonder how they're even close to a Major League Baseball franchise. The worst thing any any sport, any relationship can have is malaise, right? And the Twins aren't there yet. But they're, they're frustratingly close. Yeah. Yes, they are teetering on not caring. But, um, I mean, if you dislike them, that means you care. If you love them, that means you care. If you don't care, that's when teams get in trouble I was and say, they're close. The, the tough spot is just disregarding. Yep. It's the, uh, you know, apathy almost about this team of does anybody care yep. anymore. And thanks to a very poor division, I think we do. You know, I do think sometimes it becomes the excuse for everything. You know, we, we give a litany of things that are wrong with this team, and then you go, yeah, but they're in first place. Well, yes, absolutely true. But that doesn't mean you can forget the eight things you just said that are wrong with them. Correct, correct. And if, if the White Sox weren't the White Sox, Listen, we've seen Kansas City starting to turn it around. Their kids look okay. I mean, if all of a sudden that team's in first place, what are we talking about? Right. And, again, the interesting part, I joked about it earlier, we thought rock bottom was that trip to Kansas City and getting swept. All of a sudden the Royals decided, hey, maybe we can play a little baseball. The Twins ignited the Kansas City Royals. Their win streak currently stands at seven. Yeah, what would you what would you trade for Bobby Witt Jr.? Anything you wanted oh, wow. at this point, He's especially player. when our shortstop, as much as I love him defensively, sitting about a buck fifty since the first of July. Yeah, we got to There's, you know, Falvey's right when he says if we figure it out, we didn't need to add anybody. But this year, the word if is so big. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because in lieu of Joe Vavra being able to hang with us for the entire segment due to the cell phone issues, I do want to touch on that because when I talked to you earlier this week. I was either going to get somebody to honor Joe Maurer, and we got Joe Vavra, and that was our intent. But before that, I thought, well, can we get Anthony LaPanta? Can we get Nick Nelson to talk about the deadline that was virtually nothing for the Twins? Again, prior to the deadline, we talked to Lavelle about it last week. Yes, they did go get Dylan Floro for Jorge Lopez, but that's struggling right-hander for struggling right-hander. That's a wash. The trade deadline came and went for the Twins. They made no moves. I love Twins Twitter, and here's why. And I tweeted exactly this earlier this week, and I know you saw it. I said, here's why I love Twins Twitter. Because they thrive on nothing but negativity. Because all of the people that were so angry that no move was made were the same people that whenever they read from any publication or any so-called expert about this projected move, they would quote tweet it and say, well, that would be a mistake. I'm sorry. I think what you're really mad about is we didn't make a trade where you can look at it two months later and go, oh, nice trade, way to go, Falvey. So this is my issue with, with people that say, we, you know, prospects, they're just chips, right? I just want to say doing nothing made perfect sense. How many people in the last, I don't know, six months have said, oh, Spencer Steer, we didn't need that guy. Oh, the one with the hyphen in the middle, right. we didn't need that the guy. Law firm. <laughs> and yet 
when it was going on, it was like, ah, those are just chips. We need to get us a pitcher. And now that the pitcher, you know, didn't work out the way we hoped, it was like, oh, yeah, well, that was another bad decision. No, it was a decision you desperately right. wanted them to make at that time. That's the livelihood of Minnesota sports. I was waiting on Thursday night if Kellen Mond made a completion for someone to say, oh, sure glad we got rid of him. We have Kirk Nick Mullins and something called Jaron Hall. Should have kept the Mondiacs intact. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the part that drove me nuts is that, you know, the Twins do something to get a pitcher, and we freak out about, um, you know, the the prospects that we traded when we traded them on one side of the of the fan base, and now that they're producing on the other side of the fan base. And it's like, I, I, that's the one thing about being a general manager. It's really tough to win um, when you have passionate fans, and it's probably okay. If you have passionate fans, you know, you, you took the job, you're getting paid to take the heat, and but... Again, if if people are going to say, well, prospects are chips, you need to trade them, right? then you can't be mad when those chips turn out to be really good. It comes down to a different version of a question we've always asked. Minnesota sports is the epitome of frustration. We fully understand that. But would you rather be on the brink and then fall off or never contend for anything? Because we've talked about it. it has to be worse to be a Cleveland Browns fan. Even with the hype this year, it has to be worse to be a Detroit Lions fan. I wouldn't want to be a Detroit Tigers fan this season. I wouldn't want to be a White Sox fan. The Royals have recent World Series cred, but it's been bad for a while. But the thing you're saying, I believe, with prospects is, you know, do you want to try to go all in right now, even though all in would be one hell of a hill to climb, and then probably not contend 2025 to 26, 27, whatever. Or do you want to be pretty good and continue on the road to pretty good and eventually get somewhere? Now, the easy naysayer to that would say, we've been saying that for years. We never get to that somewhere. But I think the Twins did the right thing. Now, I know people eye roll the fact that I've said, you know, winning the division is probably their ceiling. Everybody says it's a terrible way to look at things. I also think it's a pretty realistic way to look at things. I don't want to part with the idea of contending four years from now to win two playoff games instead of zero this year because I just don't think you were going to take a big enough swing to get over the top. And I know people don't like that, but I, I stand by it. I agree with you, Brian. I agree 100%. Now, in order to get anything, look at the prices that were that were going for players. And what would you have, what would the Twins have chased? Maybe Dylan Carlson or O'Neal from the Cardinals. Let's just say that. What yeah. would it have cost you? It would have cost you Matt Walner. I mean, at minimum, it right. would have cost you Matt Walner. Um, it might have cost you, you know, the pitcher with the three names down at AAA, too. Woods Richardson? Yeah. Simone Woods Richardson. And so now all of a sudden you've got, you know, your top five I prospect. Be Simeon, but I like Simone. And, and your top 15 pitcher, um, and you're going to get, you know, Dylan Carlson, who's a 200, and 200 hitter. Now he's got all kinds of talent. He's like Austin Martin, to be right. honest. Or you're going to get O'Neill, who can hit the devil out of the ball, but he's so muscle-bound that he gets hurt all the time. I mean, okay, you can get those guys, and it'll look good on paper, but, I mean, what would they have pushed you over the top? And I appreciate you bringing up the offensive threats that they could have gotten because I think that is the marquee problem with this team is offensive production. But having said that, I still would have gone the opposite direction. The only thing that I would have done, and we brought this up with Lavelle last week, is I kept saying, is the return of Thielbar and Brock Stewart going to be enough? Now, Thielbar looked awesome last night. By the way, so did Emilio Pagan again. I don't know what's gotten into him, but thank you. Uh, I don't think we owe you an apology because last year was unacceptable, but I think we need to let that grudge go and kind of live in the moment with the real you because Emilio Pagan's been pretty good. But word came that Brock Stewart likely isn't coming back. That couldn't have been unknown going into the deadline, or could it? Because the Joe Ryan injury came to be, I thought it was phantom because he'd been struggling so bad, came to be that he wasn't telling anybody what he was going through. So 
assuming they knew that Brock Stewart had that setback in time to make a deal, I would have tried to do something to bolster the bullpen, and they didn't because Jax is torched. He's being used too often, and Duran hasn't had a clean outing in a long time. Yes, he put up a zero last night, but not without a circus-like adventure again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But how about the 101? Yeah, it looks like I'm keeping you awake. Are you okay? No, I'm thinking you're, you're, okay. you're making excellent points. The, the problem, again, goes back to how much did you want to pay for either a rental or a, or a middle reliever? And, you know, we look at what uh, the kid that we traded to the Orioles is doing now, the middle reliever with the one ERA. Oh, well, we didn't need that guy. No, but when we got Lopez, we thought that's the deal. Now we are good to go. We are winning all kinds of stuff. And so you need to you need to be prepared for both sides of that. You know, whether or not you're going to you're going to get the right guy or you're not going to get the right guy, right? And could the Twins have used a bullpen guy? Sure, but like you said, they needed Hater or like I said they needed Hicks. They didn't just need another arm. Right. Again, I still think the bottom line is people aren't necessarily upset that no move was made to bolster this team because I think reality hits that the World Series probably isn't in the cards. I'd love to be wrong, but it probably isn't. I honestly think people are upset that they can't look at something two months or two years down the road and go, that was terrible because we love to do that. Enjoy the moment. We talked about Mike Tice earlier. Enjoy the season. The Twins are flawed, but they're in first place. Bump it out with Cotton Eye Joe. Congratulations to Joe Maurer on the induction tonight. Joe Vavra, we appreciate you trying. He's texted me many times apologizing. It's okay. We'll hit you up again when the postseason is here. We hope the Twins are part of it. Up next, Kelly Wheeler. Last time we talked to her, Kelly Gerges Wheeler. Last time we talked to her, we were raving about UMD women's basketball. Now we're going to rave about a new title for her. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, bumping in with little Rihanna. Work, 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 work. It's been a little work to get through the show today. Had to jump through some cell phone difficulties, but we thank Joe Vavra for trying to be with us as we talked about Joe Maurer's Twins Hall of Fame induction weekend. Thank yous all around. Let's start with our sponsors, Dave Cook. Absolutely. Let's start with the Blackwoods Group. Their locations on London Road in Proctor in Two Harbors, downtown here at Blackwater, and, of course, up on the hill in Tavern on the Hill. Avenue 45, the Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota, Kohler Hyundai, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Elements Green Printing, Krauss Heating and Cooling, your carrier carrier in northeastern Minnesota, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer, Justin May at Messina & Associates, OAR Holdings, Hoops Brewing, and Arola Architecture Studio. And also our friends at Comfort Systems, we invite you to sign up for a service appointment online. Simply mention you heard it right here on the Northland Sports page. You will receive $20 off that service appointment. And again, it's online at ComfortSystemsDuluth.com. And a couple other notes on the sponsors, as Dave just mentioned. Mount Royal Bottle Shop, they do some special things on Saturday, courtesy of our show. They're working together, sponsors times two, 10% off all Hoops products on Saturdays. And then Wine Wednesdays at Mount Royal Bottle Shop, 10% off all wines at the Bottle Shop. And Wednesday, Blackwater can also be your place to be. Every Wednesday is Healthcare Professionals Day. With a valid work badge, you'll get 20% off all your food and drink. In the lounge, on the patio, you can also enjoy live music, courtesy of Paul Metza. Blackwater may be the only Blackwood location, Dave, you didn't hit this week. No, but... Wait uh, till this Wednesday, and then find somebody's badge. I was going to say, that is about the only one I didn't hit this week. And, and the thing is, is it's the one that is closest, and it's right. got the, the deal with the healthcare workers is fantastic. And well-deserved by everybody yeah. in the healthcare industry. We truly, appreciate truly, it. Truly, truly, Speaking of well-deserved in their industry, you remember, Dave Cook, we did one show on a Monday night after the state hockey tournament because we had to weather our way back home quite literally. Yep. And that Monday night... All the rage was UMD women's basketball, and little did we know they were just getting started. There was win after win after win still to follow, and we had the honor of having Kelly Gerges Wheeler on with us, and she's a great conversation, longtime friend of mine. I will take any excuse to put her on again, 
Well, she gave us one because she's got a brand new title as well. Yeah, how about that for promotion? Now instead of guiding guiding a team to the to the uh, NCAA's, now she's got to guide she's the gotta guide all of us. organization. There. Absolutely. So I said, Kelly, I would love any excuse to talk to you. I've got one again. Good morning, and thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. This is going to be fun because, of course, the World Cup is front and center as well. So don't think I'm going to get a great soccer mind like you on the radio and not dabble into that as well. But before we go there, we raved about you've got a new role. I'm going to give you the floor on it. Tell us what that new title is and what it all entails because congratulations on a well-deserved kind of increase in role at the University of Minnesota Duluth. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'm just, um, you know, we kind of have had a void for a couple of years um, in the communications department um, without Bob Nygaard and basically I'm a new Bob Nygaard, but um just um, communications director and media relations in charge of all that stuff, and um, that's all 16 programs, and I'm I'm super excited about it. I It's been a great ride for 18 years getting to be a part of soccer and women's hockey and, like you said, a couple times basketball, but this gives me, you know, a new opportunity to see all the programs from a different lens, and um, I'm actually super excited about it. Absolutely. We're excited for you. I love that you brought up Bob Nygaard because I wanted to ask you a question about that as well. Because, first of all, Bob has been a friend of mine for many years. He's been a fan of the show. He's, he's often critiquing the show, good and bad, later on in weekends after we're done. But I've also talked to people about how difficult it can be to take over any role after someone who's fairly legendary. I talk to Steve Patosha all the time about, you know, being the guy after Mike Randolph is no easy task. You know, think of Vince Scully who passed away recently doing Dodger games after Vince Scully. No, thank you. It's it's tough to follow the trail that was blazed by a legend. Do you feel any increased pressure? I know it's been a while where this void has been, but you're taking over for a guy who's, first of all, still living, and secondly, has a press box named after him. That combination is rare. Yeah, I actually absolutely do. Um, Bob is a friend of mine, and when this all came to be, um, I talked to him first. We had like an hour conversation about it. I wanted his opinion on it. He was my first reference um, for UMD uh, in the application process, and and it was his, you know, I thought that I was capable of doing it and thought I would be good at it, but him believing that that was also true was a big deal to me and really cemented that this was the right path for me. And, um, you know, had I had a conversation with him, and he'd be like, I, I, I don't know, this is, you know, your coach or some something else, like, it, it would have maybe made me feel different about it, but he 100% supported me. And, you know, I am, I, you know, I've learned from him. There was no one else to teach me any of this. When I started doing this back in 2005, he was the guy. And he's been the guy for hundreds of kids that have come through. I wasn't a kid at the time, but maybe compared to now. But um, it, it was him, and he, I learned it from him. And so, you know, I, I understand that I owe everything to him and um this role to him and I'm aware of, of his status and just you know just the other day I texted him about a athlete um, someone I, I, someone sent a name in I didn't know what sport they were in it was you know from a while back and he knew the sport knew the year and he's just amazing like that and so you know that's something I really hope to aspire to be for more than just women's hockey and women's soccer yeah, that leads me into the question I have uh, Jessica Cherry over at Scholastica is a friend of mine and we, we talked about Becoming the new AD and having no ties to the program and how difficult that can be and what the challenges are. Now, you come at it from the exact opposite direction. What are the pluses and what are the minuses of already being ingrained 
in the athletic department and then becoming the athletic director decision maker? Yeah, I mean, this this is, you know, that was part of my reason why I thought I would be a good hire. I know UMD, um, not just from a kid and growing up and worshiping all the teams and the athletes and coaches, but, I mean, I've been here for 18 years. I know the highlights, the lowlights, and I love UMD. That's one of my passions, and um, I just felt like there's nothing really you're going to say about, you know, a team that did something in, you know, 2015 or 2012 that I wouldn't have known about and wouldn't have been cheering on and rooting for in some capacity. And so I just feel like, you know, I have all – I'm ruining gold to the core, and even though I didn't graduate from UMD, I, uh, I, I felt that growing up. I'm sure you did too, Ryan. Um, just such a part of the community and, and just love what goes on in UMD athletics, and I just feel like I understand that. And, and the side of that, being a, having been a coach, I understand what our coaches want and what our coaches need and how they're recruiting and the ties to alums and the stories we want to put out there go. That gives me a really unique um, experience factor that you don't see in communications very often. You don't see a lot of coaches that are communication people. So um, that's another part which I think is kind of a two-pronged attack that I think, you know, it, it sets me up pretty well for this job. Absolutely. So we're excited for you to have this job, but I remember when you posted it on social media after the news broke. In fact, maybe you didn't know that the news had broken because I congratulated you and then saw your post later. But you used the word bittersweet, and it's so perfect because it's a great role for you. It's exciting times, but Greg Kane is one of the best of the best in all of athletics, of course, soccer. But just to be around Greg Kane is a blast. You had that privilege forever. This was a great decision, but not an easy one for you, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was, it's hard and it's still hard as we kind of sort out or they kind of sort out what the next direction is and who's going to come in um, behind me. Um, I say this all the time, like Greg is like my family. I literally went to his camp when I was a little kid and then it was crazy that he and I worked together for 18 years and I just, you know, I know what he's thinking. I know what he's going to do. I know him. And those, you know, we're so synced up on so many things that it's hard probably for people to understand, but it's been just easy and been fun and honestly just, you know, some of our runs and the things that we've done and the kids we've coached, I mean, it's been amazing and I owe him a lot too because he, he allowed me to come back and, um, you know, I, I appreciate him and think he is one heck of a man and a good coach and, you know, um, it's, it is a little, a little sad, but to be totally honest, I'm not going to miss two practices a day during preseason when it's like in the 80s. I'm not going to miss that. I don't well, think right instead now. you're going to be dealing with media figures like me and others that are, believe it or not, a lot worse <laughs> yeah. than me. How's that going to go? <laughs> that's true. I, I I I like our media right now, so hopefully we don't add anyone else that's in the puck. So. Okay, there you go. Good. There you go. I can appreciate that. But with the great soccer mind that is you, I'd be remiss if I don't talk about what's going on in the sport right now because Women's World Cup is front and center. U.S. with a huge game early tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central, I believe, is the start time for that one. I have to get your take on this because Carly Lloyd's comments after the most recent draw to get them into this elimination game were viewed as controversial. And I really didn't see it that way because I look at it as this, and hear me out because I don't think this is a political aisle type statement, but I'm really intrigued by what you think. I look at it as if a legend in the sport or somebody who's dominated for that same team has criticizing, sometimes biting words for the current group, I look in the mirror and go, you know what, she's right, we need to get better. Instead, it was kind of viewed that she kind of squashed a sense of accomplishment. 
they did what they had to do, but they're not doing it as well as even they should hope. Am I way off here, or what do you think of what was said? Uh, no, you're right, and she has earned the right to criticize that program. She was a part of it in a huge, massive part of it, its success, right? So it's not like just me going off and saying something. It's someone that knows what it takes, has worn the jersey, has had a miserable success with it. I, I, I think she's valid. Um, you know, whether that was the fire at the coach or the players, I don't know, probably a little bit of both. Um, she kind of was a player that played with a chip on her shoulder and always remember people that underestimated her. And I don't know if we have that right now. The U.S. has got work to do. Um, those games, those ties put them into a harder bracket. Um, they could have been playing much different teams. They could have been playing last night. And now they've got Sweden. And if they get by Sweden, probably Japan, who arguably looks as good as anybody in the tournament. And so... You know, I don't know. I, I I love the U.S. and I obviously, you know, women's soccer is in the U.S. is just like that program. You know, is the epitome of everything that's just amazing about women's sports. But right now, they're going to have to prove it and earn it. Nobody cares that they have all those stars. Right. Nobody cares. Well, was there part of you that was almost happy that Carly Lloyd said what she said? Because there were some people on social media, and we both know that if you're not careful on social media, it can become a cesspool. But some people made it into kind of a gender war that that nobody would have said this about a men's team that did what they had to do and then and then you know danced and partied. It reminded me of when the Timberwolves got chastised for jumping on the scores table after winning a play-in game. But you know they say if this was men it would have been different. But why are they doing this to women? I took it the other way of hey this is kind of equal playing field. We have expectations regardless of gender. That to me was a win. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I. I this, we don't want the expectation of men's soccer, right? They have zero stars. Right. And so people that say that, like, I don't know what you're talking about because they they can jump all the, on the tables all they want if they advance because they do it so seldom. They don't even get to the tournament all the time. Amen. So I think absolutely that it, it, anytime a team has higher expectations and you're not expecting them to advance, you're expecting them to win, I don't want to see you guys dancing on the field. Like, you know, I get it. There's joy, and, and they probably felt an immense amount of pressure, and we can't understand the amount of pressure they're under. And so I understand also how it looks, but I totally understand the criticism, and I have to, I don't think it has anything to do with gender whatsoever. I agree with you. We are talking with Kelly Gerges Wheeler. I am picking her soccer brain, even though we're glorifying a new title that she's acquired at the University of Minnesota Duluth as well. But I have to just get more insight on soccer from you, because if you look at just statistics for the U.S. women so far, offensive opportunities, shots on goal, what have you, everything looks good except for scoring punch. When you watch this, what are you seeing that the problem is? Because I haven't watched as much of it as most people. I see, you know, some of the venom on social media. I see the barbs being thrown at the coach. What are you seeing that, you know, obviously needs to change by early tomorrow morning? Well, I, I think there's issues on every line on the field. I, I wouldn't say that about the goalkeeping, but, you know, first of all, you have to remember we took some really, we, like I'm on the team, um, like they took a lot of bad injuries going in. They lost their captain in Sauerbaum. They lost some players that were good, Mallory Pugh. They had some kids that were probably, for sure, would have been on the team. So every time you lose that, you lose a little your identity and you got to reshuffle. Would I agree with the way the subbing and stuff has gone? Not entirely. But I also think there's kids that are not delivering. So if you Smith, this is your tournament. I don't care if you're young. You are the next face of U.S. soccer. And um, you got to kind of hammer it on the attacking side that they haven't figured it out. We're supposed to be able to score. We have some of the best athletes in the world, not looking as we're as technical as some of those other teams. But um, bottom line is you're not scoring goals. That comes down to your attacking players. Um, some of those defenders, I think they've played a lot of minutes. 
It's probably not the right mix. Of course, part of that is losing those players to injury that were like stalwarts back there. But it's just it's not good enough. And a, a big part, I'm sure, is you have a lot of young players. People like to go after the veterans and attack them and say whatever. But this is also a team that's a lot of people have never played in a World Cup game. They've never played in a tournament. And so... And, and you got them on every line, midfield, back, and up top. And so that could be part of it. It's a big learning curve. And, you know, I, I, I think they're just not getting there quick enough, which is a little surprising, but also just youth, right? They're, these are, they have like super young kids. You have 18 year olds going on the field. Like, right. there's a little bit of an experience there. It is different. Just the wording, Dave Cook, is different because all of a sudden we're saying if they get by Sweden, if they do this, where going in, you know, I'm more uninformed than a lot of people, but I said, you know, this is theirs to lose. When they get by this team, this team, this team. Now if is an operative word. It, it is. Um, so my question is this. It's It goes back to, like, with the Olympic men's basketball team, uh, the years that, that they've been bad, often it's said that, you know, because they are who they are, they think they can toss their jersey on the field and and win. I wonder, from your point of view, if you think there might be some of that. Well, we're the we're the United States soccer team. We are you know the best in the world. You're down three to nothing because we are who we are. Do you think there's a little overconfidence, perhaps, as well? May, you know, and that's a kids thing, maybe too. Yeah, you know, maybe in the first or second game for sure. Um, but. I would maybe expect that out of the veterans who are part of the reason they've won those last two stars. Um, when you're talking about a kid who's never repped a U.S. jersey in a World Cup, I'm not really sure what you're super cocky about yet. You got on the team, and that's great, but like you gotta you gotta deliver. And so, um, you know, is that veterans not really passing it down? Is that veterans like just you know pounding their chest too much? I don't really know what that mix is. I I always side on the the side of the U.S. veterans' experience and what gets passed down. Like, that is just the legacy. They, Those people know how to win. They know how to compete those practices, those teams. Those cutthroats even get on that team. Somehow something's not lining up. I don't know where the fault lies. Um, but, um, you know, it, it could just be that our young kids may not be ready. We thought they were ready and they weren't. But I, I it's frustrating. It's actually been pretty disappointing to see it because, um there's more. There's a level that they for sure haven't hit yet. We know that. I watch a lot of these kids play in the NWSL. There's a whole level that they haven't gotten to. What what that is, is that coaching, is that lineup, formation, whatever? I don't know. That I don't know. But hopefully we see a whole different animal tomorrow. You know, Brian, the crazy thing is, is once they get that figured out, it might be the team that, you know, the rest of the world goes, oh. They man, become the buzzsaw we expected. You know? Right, and it's amazing for me because I'm such a big four sports guy. I like others, certainly, but there are sports that I pay less attention to than others as well. And it's amazing when they put that American flag on or that USA jersey, whatever you want to use, how into it I can get. I'm not a big golf guy. The Ryder Cup's going, different story. <laughs> not, a, not a huge soccer guy beyond the local teams, Duluth East, UMD, St. Scholastica, etc. You put USA in the World Cup in it, I'll pay attention. Kelly, I appreciate you enlightening us because that's one of the sports that I need to learn much better. I do announce it, but sometimes I don't know what I'm doing when the mic comes on, except having <laughs> having fun spicing up names. I can do that. So you talked about hey, it being good. Go, all right. Well, because you talked about it being bittersweet, having to leave soccer. So I hope this discussion lets you know that you never fully have to, because we're going to tap on you for any expertise we can find. But to close <laughs> it out, let's go back to kind of the root cause of you joining us today. Tell everybody again what your new title is, what your day to day is going to look like, and then I'll close with this. It's going to sound a little bit like a you know, you're leaving junior high type question, but what are you most excited about going forward in this role? 
Yeah, I mean, your day-to-day is, you know, a lot of writing, right? A lot of previews, a lot of game stories, features. Um, Social media has become obviously a massive part of what we do and really entwined in what we do with graphics and um, how we want to brand the program. And um, that kind of changes day-to-day, but it depends. Like, do you have a game game this weekend to cover? Well, that's different. Tomorrow football starts. Those guys come in. So, it's you know, we're getting all their headshots and we're getting them all, you know, shots we can use on graphics this week and green screens and all that stuff and making sure their bios are good and everything's um, set up. But, um, you know, I'm just, I really, you know, like I've, I've been a casual football fan, right? It's right during soccer. Uh, I'm going to cover football. I, you know, walk down to by UMD and we go to games, but I've never, you know, really don't, I, I have yet to dive into some of the stuff that I've seen them do over the years and it'll be just fun. It'll be fun to just go to games and really get to know who these other student athletes are besides the ones that I cover and besides the ones that get like the most press and, um, just really making sure that we can help the local media, regional media, national media, we get it all, you know, cover UMD to the best of their ability. That's our job and our responsibility, and uh, I'm really excited to do that. We have a lot of great stories to tell at UMD, um, and I'm, I'm excited to be a part of that. That is outstanding. You talked about fun. It's always fun to have you. Do me one last favor. Just tell your sister, Kendall, that I'll try to find a way to get her on, because I've had Kelly times two, Kara times like five, I owe Kendall something. She's a pretty darn good athlete in her own right. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> All right, that's Kelly Gerges Wheeler. Thank you very much for your time. Go USA tomorrow. We'll talk again soon. I know we will. Okay, thanks, Brian. Thanks, Dave. Absolutely, that's Kelly Gerges Wheeler. That was a fun conversation. Team USA needs a little kickstart. Yeah, 100% it does, Brian. But, you know, I think you made a good point. I think that when they figure this out, the rest of the world's going to go, dang, we woke them up. Hopefully at 4 o'clock tomorrow morning, that's when that starts. Drawing lines to close the show. We've got a big announcement. We've been bursting with excitement about this for about a week. We'll share it with you when we come back. Stick around. It's the Northland Sports Page on 106.5 FM, 560 AM, and through the Fan 106.5 app, the Fan 106.5. I can. Welcome back to the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Final segment. It's going to be drawing lines courtesy of our old architecture studio. He, of course, he being Ryan Arola is our original sponsor. He's the OG. But we've got quite the list. He started it all. He did start it all, and since you started with him, I'm just going to move along. That was kind of my point. Hoops That's called a segue. Go ahead. OAR Holdings, Justin May, Messina and Associates, Krauss Heating and Cooling, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer. Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group, including Tavern on the Hill, Blackwater, the locations in Two Harbors and Proctor, and the location on London Road, which I frequented last night. Avenue 45, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota, and Kohler Hyundai. And, of course, our friends at Comfort Systems, they invite you to sign up for a service appointment online and simply mention you heard it right here on the Northland Sports page. You'll receive $20 off that service appointment, whether it be a furnace cleaning or other appliance needs. Comfort Systems does it all. Visit ComfortSystemsDuluth.com. And Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Dave mentioned them a moment ago. They've got some extra promotions going on, especially today. On Saturdays, courtesy of the Northland Sports page, they work with our other sponsor, Hoops Brewing, and offer you 10% off all Hoops products on your Saturday and then on Wednesdays at Mall Royal Bottle Shop, you have Wine Wednesdays. Plenty to whine about in the Minnesota sports scene, but enjoy some wine 10% off on Wednesdays, courtesy of Mall Royal Bottle Shop. And, of course, Wednesdays at Blackwater. I love this. Shout out to healthcare professionals. Every Wednesday is Healthcare Professionals Day at Blackwater. 
Valid Work Badge gets you 20% off food and drink in the lounge, on the patio. Enjoy live music. Enjoy a beverage like June and January. The food, fondue for two, is hard to beat. And, of course, all the smoke. And and not just all the smoke, but all the health care people. Right. So, I mean, sometimes I think we say health care providers. Think doctor, and we think nurse, and we had it. Yep. But if you're involved in the health care industry in our in our region, bring your badge. Like if, if you are working in the ophthalmology department or you are working in the kitchen or you're or last working, week I gave a shout out to all veterinary workers. Yes. Bring your badge and and get over there on Wednesdays. The Wednesdays at, at Blackwater, Blackwater should be packed. Absolutely. Because they really are tipping their hat to you. Speaking of should be packed, as we dive into drawing lines courtesy oh, 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 of our oh, studio. We hope that a week from today, Saturday, August the twelfth, that we can pack Egan as in TCO for Minnesota Vikings training camp. The reason I bumped in with the song, Can You Picture That?, is not just because I love the Muppets, but so many things as we've kind of had this show grow, you and I have said, boy, can you picture us here, 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 or here, doing a show here, having this guest, getting to do this game. I don't know for sure if Vikings training camp was on our wish list. I would think it was. It's a wish no longer because it's a reality. Next Saturday, August the 12th, the Northland Sports Page will be broadcasting live in Egan for Vikings training camp. Absolutely amazing. Um, and, I've, you know, I, we were talking afterwards when we found this out. I've, I've never had the ability to go, right? We've always had, right. always had something going on at this time of year, whether it was football in high school or, you know, once work started, all that. I've never, ever gone. And the idea that we're so it was never on the bucket list, right? Right. And now that we're able to go, it's super exciting. Absolutely, and it's exciting for us to go. We want it to be exciting for all of our listeners to be able to go as well. Well, maybe not all of them because we hope we have more than 50 listeners, but we've been gifted some tickets to be able to go to Vikings training camp and to hopefully see us do our broadcast next Saturday. Not quite sure details-wise. We'll have more as it draws closer. How that will work out in terms of timing because our show will still be 10 to noon like always, but looking at the Vikings schedule that day, it looks like training camp starts about 1, so after the show... With practice at 3:15. Yeah, I, I just the, the things that are going on. You know, they've got some of the Ring of Honor guys there. The cheerleaders and the stuffed animal guy is going to be there. What's his name again? Victor the Viking. Victor the Viking is going to be there. It's like stuffed animal. Aren't those called mascots? Stuffed animal yeah, guys. That's what they are. Okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> the uh, the uh, there's just going to be people to see and hands to shake and and get a chance to meet all these different media guys. Right. Maybe Speaking we're of lucky media guys. to see the. The owner, that'd be cool. Ziggy? Yeah. Or the entire Wolf family? Uh, or one or the yes. other. Yes, yes, would be the answer. Speaking of media, guys, there's one for the Vikings that has been incredible to us almost from the beginning of the Northland Sports page nearly six years ago. He's always a text away for me, and he's been on this show many times. He's graciously agreed to appear in the flesh next Saturday in Egan. Paul Allen will be there to chat with us. Yeah, that's pretty exciting, one-on-one. Uh, getting a chance to shake hands and not just visualize over the phone, right? Right. So we'll get that. You just want to see his hair in person. You and I should both be jealous. Yeah, I've got to make sure that the beard is done right. Otherwise, he will give me You're going to braid it next Saturday? I'm not a good enough braider to You should put that. purple and gold highlights in it. No, just at the very, very end. Okay. And, uh, now it I, got weird, but go to Avenue 45 for that. If I braid, I would, but I can't braid. So it'll just have to be well kept. The flat iron will have to come with, and we're good to go. So, again, drawing lines this week a little bit different, not exactly controversial, debatable material, just simply an announcement that we're super excited about. We've talked to some of our sponsors about coming down with us. We hope that they certainly will. It's going to be, again, the Northland Sports page live at Vikings Training Camp next Saturday, August the 12th. 
It's all courtesy of the folks at Visit Egan. They're putting us up on Friday night. They're making this possible. They have really kind of made what I would say a pipe dream for this show come true. Yeah, no, this is this will be fun, and, and hopefully for our listeners who can't come, we'll have some you know, yeah, unique... Tune in regardless, because yeah. I hope we have a lot of Viking insight that either yes. we planned on or maybe didn't, because you just never yes. know who you're going to run into at a spot like that. Yes, and that's the trick to this, to know that we're going to try to find you know new and interesting things out and, and be able to comment even on the location and all that stuff. Absolutely. So again, it's all next Saturday, Northland Sports Page in Egan. Vikings training camp will be where we'll be at. I have a feeling Dave will be like a kid in a candy store. But as I say that, I know right now Dave is bubbling with excitement, probably to a higher level than me. Wait till we get there. Watch me exceed you. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that's so and so. That's so and so. We got to get them on. And I'll be like, Brian, there's so many people here. Right. Stop. I was going to say, crowds <laughs> is not your thing. So we've got under two minutes to go in the show. So yep. let's do a little Vikings training camp two minute drill. Yep. Let's say that all bets are off, as in we have access to whomever. Your most wanted show guests for next week that are on the current team. Oh, that's a great question. Um, wow, uh, that's there's that's a, a bummer that I only left well, you a minute and a half. There's a lot, and yet there's not that yeah, many. Yeah. You know, I, I guess KJ Osborne would be one because he's in the middle of stuff, right? Where he sees a superstar and the next guy coming, and he's kind of the forgotten man. TJ Hawkinson would be fun if you personality-wise, he might be the well, guy. If you can get him to be honest, yeah. right? Okay, so what did you think when the ball was in the air and you're like, "I'm three yards downfield. Why are you throwing it to me?" Um, Harrison Smith, any one of the linebackers would be fun to get an idea, we, so we can figure out who the heck they are. Well, but but Flores would be the guy probably. Yeah, well, Brian Flores is my answer. Yep, Brian Flores would probably be number one for me. Number two would probably be Harrison Smith because. They've got to have one elite veteran somewhere, and I think that's it. Say what you want about Daniel Hunter. I still think it's the hitman. Now that James Lynch is gone. And after a quarterback, I've got to get more of a Kirk fix because he opened up to us in a different way. i got to see what else he has to share or how he feels about a year that could be his last in purple. Does he approach things any differently? Zach Wilson's backup. We could get uh, that guy, the quarterback, who was Zach Wilson's backup in BYU. What's his name? Are we talking Jaron Hall? We are. Jaron Hall. It wouldn't finish the show if we didn't do it just like we started. Me trying to figure out what the heck Dave's talking about. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who contributed today. We appreciate Dave Hoops in France. Our realtor, Justin May. Joe Favre, we appreciate you trying. Cell phones can be a bear sometimes. Kelly Gerges Wheeler, that was outstanding. Dave Cook, you're always outstanding. It was fun. I'll see you next week. It's going to be more fun than any show we've ever done. Yeah, we'll have SPF 50 and a bucket hat, Brian. You'll be hard to miss. We'll miss you until next week with the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook saying have yourself a great week. Weekend. Join us in Egan next Saturday. See ya.